0: Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama segbaji this Sunday, 10 a.m., at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate-Crawley, 8 ds or call 1293 885000 for more information. Or on the web at SolutionChapel.org. Lucian Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.
1: The Bible says ungrateful people shall never prosper. Jesus said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? So every time we thank God, we are sealing the victory. We are sealing the miracles. We are sealing the testimonies. Because the Bible says in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17, it says, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. And when we are around the gathering of the presence of the Lord, his mighty acts are released among us. And therefore today, you will not leave here the same. Amen. I decree over your life today that you have an encounter with the raw word of God.
0: Amen.
1: You see, the Bible says that, and the word of the Lord appeared unto Abraham. That's Jesus right there. It says, and the word of the Lord appeared unto Abraham in a dream. Now, when the Bible says the word of the Lord is talking about Jesus. And when Abraham had an encounter with Jesus, his destiny was changed. Yeah. Today, today, yes. today, I decree that you'll have an encounter with the raw word of God. I said today I decree that you'll have an encounter with the raw word of God. Amen. And your destiny will be changed today. Amen. Not tomorrow, your destiny will be changed today Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said, In the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you believe it this morning? Yeah. Why don't you give Jesus a shout of it? Give Jesus a shout of it. Celebrate God like you already have the victory. Celebrate God like you already have the victory. Celebrate God like you already have the victory. Celebrate God like you already have the victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen church, testimonies are an act of God's presence in our midst. The word that you put to work is a word that works for you. God's ultimate desire is that all men will be saved. By the day you lifted up your hands and accepted Jesus was the day salvation worked for you. Yeah. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. That the testimony we heard today was the raw act of God's word in operation. Yeah. What you do with the word determines the results you command. Yeah. 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 Are you following yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. What you do with the word determines the, com- the results you command. Yeah. So it is at your disposal to use the word. Yeah. Every testimony we hear in this church points to the word. Yeah. It points yeah. to the word. Yeah. No man lays hands yeah. on nobody. Nobody prays for nobody. People hear the word. Yeah. They use the word. They see the results. Yeah. Because the word is no respecter of persons. Yeah. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. So don't go looking for an Elijah somewhere. Yes. We have an Elijah right here. Yes. We have our, an Elijah. Yes. We have Elijah. Yes. And Elijah's right here. Yes. If you can put the word to work, it will work for you. Yes. And this week, the word, the raw word of God will work for you this week. Listen, it doesn't take time. It takes truth. That's why. Right. Someone said, oh, it will take time. No, it takes truth. Yeah. Yeah. Once you have access to the truth, yeah. the revelation of the word, that's it. Your case is settled. Yeah. And today is an all-round settlement service. Yeah. Your case will be settled today. Yeah. I said your case will be settled today. I don't know what case it is. I don't know what court case you have. I don't know what challenges you are going through. But that case will be settled by my Jesus today. Do you believe it today? Give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Well, are you ready for the word? Okay, are you ready for the word? All right, if you are ready, turn with me in your Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 23 to 25, I read, it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exalting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm sharing with you this morning on a message I have titled, The Power of Fellowship. The Power of Fellowship. This is our month of power. And as our month of power, I'm I'm sharing different messages to help us understand where God wants us to be in terms of real power. I have said that real power is not shaking Real power is not falling and rolling on the ground. Real power is not how much of anointing oil is poured on you, but real power is knowing the living Jesus. And once you know Jesus, your case is settled. So this morning we are looking at the power of fellowship, the power of fellowship. Fellowship is an important element if you have to grow and mature as a Christian. That is why God commands us not to forsake the assembling of the brethren. Isn't it interesting that some people give excuses most of the times to avoid church. They say things like, oh, I go to the church nearby, they say things like, I worked very hard last night. I worked throughout all Saturday, so I'm tired, I can't come to church on a Sunday. Now, it will interest you to note that there are many people in this church who work all day Saturday night and still come to church on a Sunday, very dedicated, very committed, And as a result of that, God is blessing them tremendously. Many people give all kinds of reasons to avoid fellowship. They give reasons like, oh, I am busy. They give reasons like, oh, um, I pray in my house. You know, And, and, and one of the things I always say is that uh, God has commanded that don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. Now assuming you are working, you don't determine your reporting post. It's your employer who determines your post. Are you following me? So assuming your work is at, uh, let's say, Brighton, you don't say, I decide to work from my house in Crawley." No you go to the post post you are requested to report at and that is where? Brighton. So God says, yes, God is everywhere, but the same God who is everywhere says we must not forsake the gathering of the brethren. Now the reason why the devil gives people these excuses is because his strategy is to isolate believers and to destroy them. I love watching Animal Kingdom a lot. And when you're watching Animal Kingdom, one of the key things you see is when a lion sees a lot of, uh, let's say, antelopes together, what he does is he runs into their midst. He looks for the one that is far apart. And so when the, a lion charges into the antelopes, his strategy, he it, it can't it can eat all the hundreds of antelopes. So his strategy is to isolate one and kill it. Are you following me? And once you see one antelope far from the rest, the lion have the power to go and get hold of that antelope and kill it and eat it. Now that is the same strategy of the devil. The devil's strategy is to isolate you and destroy you. Because so far as you are in fellowship, he can't get hold of you. Have you noticed that you don't, most of the time, let me say this, you don't have thoughts of sin in your mind when you're in church. Have you noticed? You don't sin when you're in church. But when you are outside of church, when there's no brother or sister, ah, that's when the enemy floods your minds with thoughts of sins. Hallelujah. And so the only way we are protected from the destruction of the devil is, is to be in fellowship every weekday and every Sunday. Now, how many of us want to make heaven? How many of us want to make heaven? Now, how many of us know that heaven is very far? Heaven is not not near here. Heaven is what? It's very far. Now, if you cannot commit to attending weekly fellowships or weekday fellowships, or Sunday fellowship, I'm not sure if you can really fellowship in heaven. If you use distance as an excuse. Are you following what I'm saying? When it says the church is far, some of us, our workplaces are very far, yet we go. But when it comes to fellowshipping in the house of God, we start giving all kinds of excuses. Why? Because the devil is looking for that opportunity to destroy you. That's why the scripture we read from Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 23 it says let us hold fast. In other words don't let go. We hold fast. Now if this is the only thing that will save you, save you what the scriptures are saying is a hold fast to the profession of your faith. There are other religions that pray five times a day. One of our pastors Came from that religion. Is it five times a day? Is it five times a day they pray? Yeah, five times a day. And many believers, when you call for prayer, they don't show up. Yet the devil is chasing them. The devil is chasing them like uh, an antelope, like a lion chases an antelope. Yet when it's time for prayer, they don't show up. And especially for us Christians who live in the UK, UK is extremely busy. Everything is rush, rush, rush. You have to even rush to eat your food. You rush out of bed. You rush to the shower. You rush to have your breakfast. You rush to go to work. You rush from work back to the house. You rush to sleep. Everything is in a rush. So if you are not careful, you will not have time for God. Are you following what I'm saying? And that's the strategy of the devil. To isolate you from fellowship so he can destroy you. But the devil will not destroy you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. In other words, we are more intelligent and more clever than the devil. So we refuse to isolate ourselves from fellowship. It says hold on fast to our profession Why? Without wavering. A profession of our faith without wavering. In other words, no one can take you out of this faith. Your conviction is not based on man. You know, once saved, nobody can draw you out of this kingdom. No devil can deceive you and say, Christianity will not take you to heaven. You know, without any shadow of doubt. You know, with conviction that this is where you belong. It says, for he is faithful that has promised. It says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works. I love that. In other words, in the church, our provocation must be unto love and good works. These two things. If anybody comes to me and says, Pastor, this sister has provoked me. It must be to two things. Unto love and unto good works. If your provocation of the brother or the sister is out of this too, then you are not in fellowship. Our provocation must be unto love and unto what? Good works. So when I come to provoke you, I must provoke you to love God more. Yeah. Not to provoke you to leave serving the house of what God or leave, leave the house of God. And many of us have provoked many out of the faith last week I was teaching on the power of character and saying that most Christians our life is not intertwined there is no integrity that's why even in the church we can't do business together (laughs) oh I'm preaching good this morning in the church we can't do business together and yet there is power in what unity so the devil has succeeded in putting divisions among us. We are suspicious of one another. Are you following what I'm saying? Why can't we put our businesses together and have the biggest business? Have you observed how the Indians operate? When they have one house, they bring 10 people, they sleep in that same house, they help one another to buy houses by the time they realize they've bought 10 houses. If it's a corner shop, they help one another set up corner shops. By the time you have, we realize they have 10 corner shops. Why can't we do the same? Because the devil has put thoughts of doubt among us. When we provoke one another, we are provoking one another onto all kinds of stuff this one offended me, that one offended me, because of this one I'm not coming to this church, because of this one I'm not coming, now if you don't go to a church because of someone, how are you going to make heaven? Yeah, that's right, that's right. How are you going to make heaven? Assuming that person is going to heaven. Because this person is there, I'm not going there. And the opposite of heaven is hell. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? Assuming this person is going to heaven, and you said, because this person is here, I'm not going there, that means you're going to hell. That's right. That's right. So our provocation must be onto two things. What is number one? I want to hear you words number one, and what's number two? Good work. So next time someone comes to me and says, Pastor, do you know this sister provoked me? I should be smiling. Yeah. I should be excited. Because I know the provocation is in two categories: love or good works. Amen. Give Jesus some praise for that. Yeah. Oh, give Jesus a better praise for that. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Verse 25. It says, For not forsaking, nor forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaken, in other words, don't forsake church. You are in pain being church. You are not in pain being church. Don't prioritize the world over church. Don't be too excited about the things of God or about the things of the world more than the things of God. Love God more. Amen. Let God know that you love Him. From your house to the church is not far. Be in church. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It says, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves what, together. Yeah. Now, look at what he says next. It next. said, as the manner of some is. In other words, there, were, there are some in the church, their manner is not assembling together. as the manner of some is but exalting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching what day is he talking about the day of the Lord, the of the Lord. Jesus is coming soon Amen. I don't need to know when he's coming I just need to be ever ready Amen. are you following what I'm saying When you are in in fellowship, it is hard and difficult to backslide. How many of you know that? If you are in fellowship, constant fellowship, committed fellowship, dedicated fellowship, it is very difficult to backslide. How many of you know that it is very difficult to backslide when you are a soul winner? Because when you win souls into the house of God and the souls are in the house of God, it will be very difficult for you to backslide. Very, very difficult for you to backslide. Why? Because the people that you've brought into the house of the Lord, they are growing. And as they are growing, you also grow. Hallelujah. So quick question we want to ask is, what is the purpose of fellowship? What is the purpose of fellowship for God to say, we must not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. What is the purpose? Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. The Bible says that and they continued talking about the apostles and the early church and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. These were the four foundations of the early church the four foundations of the early church is number one, they continued in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, the church that you belong to must be a church that teaches sound doctrine. The doctrine has to be what? Sound. Number two, foundation is a foundation of fellowship. They continued steadfastly, number one, in the apostles' doctrine Number two, in fellowship, 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 fellowship is so important. We're living in generation where people say, "Oh, I work alone." No, you can't work alone. You die alone if you work alone. There are benefits in fellowship. So much benefit in fellowship. Are you following us? The testimony we heard today. Someone lost their auntie. And because of fellowship, there was help from others. Can you see some of the benefits of fellowship? Now, if you're not in fellowship, how are you going to be helped? And not only fellowship, but in breaking of bread. Breaking of bread talks about communion. Communion. Communion is the highest level of communication between God and man or between the Holy Spirit and man. It says, number one, they continue steadfastly, number one, in the apostles' doctrine, number two, in fellowship, number three, in breaking of bread, which is communion, and then number four, in prayers. Hallelujah. Number four, in what? In prayers. So these are the key foundational uh, things we have to hold on to as a church. Four key things. Number one is doctrine. Number two is fellowship. Number three is communion. Number four is prayers. So when it's time for prayer, you don't miss prayer. Because when we pray, God changes things. That's why the very first Sunday or the second Sunday of this month, I taught on the power of prayer. The power of prayer. And that's the testimony we had. The person who had who the message used that message to bring change to their situation. What are you doing with the word? What are you doing with the word? Are you praying? Do, you see, listen carefully. This is important. The devil knows that the only way God will release power to you is through prayer. So he'll do everything possible to stop you from praying. When was the last time you prayed? Someone said last year. <laughs> That's being honest. When was the last time you prayed? Prayer is communion. Constant communion with your heavenly father. Because you can't do it all by yourself. Are you following me? So these are the four cardinal foundations. And the purpose of fellowship. Number one. Doctrine. Number two, fellowship. Number three, com- communion. And then number four is prayers. Quick question we want to ask is, why do we have to fellowship? What's in it? What's in it for me? Because these days, everybody wants to know what's in it for me. What's in the contract? What's the benefits of the contract? What are the terms and conditions? What is it going to give me? Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20. It says, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. Oh, this is powerful. It says, Where no wood is, there the what? The fire goeth. Now, what the scriptures is saying is that. When you want fire, you have to put a lot of wood in the fire. Right? So, the less wood, the less fire. More wood, more fire. Right? When you're cold and freezing, what do you want? Fire. You want heat. If you're in the forest and it's cold, freezing, and you are at the point of death, your number one need is warmth, heat, fire. So what you do is you put in more wood in the fire. You light a little light, you put more wood, dry wood. You put more dry wood, not wet wood, dry wood. So the Bible says that where no wood is, there the fire goes out. In other words, there is power in fellowship. If we want power, the only place power is generated is when we all come together. You bring your power, I bring my power. You bring your power, I bring my power. When we all come together, guess what? We have a super power station. Oh, let me hear a living amen. Amen. And from today, every power you need will be generated from here. I said from today, every power you need for the journey ahead of you, it will be generated from here. In the name of Jesus. It says when there is no wood, there the fire goes out. And because we don't want the fire to go out, we have to continue to add more wood. That's why you don't have to avoid fellowship. Have you not noticed when you miss a Sunday service or a weekday service, how do you feel? You feel like something is left you. I don't know about you. If you don't eat for a day, how do you feel? I mean, let's let me take take a day. If you don't eat your dinner, how do you feel? You don't feel right. So, there are three things that fellowship does to us from this scripture. Now, let me read it further. It says, where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So, where there is no tail bearer, the strife sees. Say amen to that. Amen. You see, in a fellowship like this, we don't encourage tailbearers. bearers. Who is a tail bearer? A tail bearer is a gossiper. Have you heard? Have you seen? Can you see her hair? That's a tail bearer. It's no such things are not permitted in fellowship. You have a leader in a department and the leader says, this is what pastor said we must do. And then you go to maybe the assistant leader and say, did pastor really say that you are a tear bearer? Mm-hmm. Bringing confusion in the group is not permitted. Yeah. Where there is no tear bearer, there's strife. Have you noticed that where there are no tear bearers, there's no strife. Yeah. In my house, there's no tale bearer, so there's no strife. I, I'm either the tale bearer or my wife is. And there is none in me or in her, so there is no strife. Strife simply means contention. And listen, this is very important. Where there is strife, the Holy Spirit does not move. The Holy Spirit doesn't move where there is strife. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Uh, on the news yesterday, I heard That um, North Korea wants to pursue dialogue with other nations now. They want to stop their nuclear tests and so on and so forth. And the reason behind it is because they want to pursue economic growth. Any nation that engages in strife cannot expand or grow economically. The same is true in the life of the believer. Any believer whose life is full of strife, every time, fight, contention. This one has done this, this one has done that. Their life is not going anywhere. You see, watch their lives. Any person who has strife in their life, they cannot go far. Example David, when it was his time, he had a lot of war. So he couldn't build God a house. When Solomon showed up, David has fought over his wars. David had peace round about him. Sorry, Solomon had peace round about him, so he was able to build mighty mega cities, a kingdom, and so on and so forth. As a Christian, you want your life to go forward? Cease from strife. There are some things you have to just let it go. Some things you are in the right, but I say, okay, it's all right. If you take my money now, I say, it's all right. It's okay. Because the only way the Holy Spirit can work with me is when there is no strife. Are you following what I'm saying? So, when when you are engaging in constant battle, constant fight, you won't grow. Have you not noticed that people who are always fighting and striving, look at their faces. Their faces are very hard. (laughs) Physically, their faces are very hard. But people who are enjoying life. Like us. Look at our faces. We have baby faces. Always smiling. Always excited. Glory be to God. I mean I always look forward to come to church every Sunday. Hallelujah. There's no strife in my life. No strife in my house. Unfortunately the downside to that is. It's, it's giving me too much weight. <laughs> There's a downside of that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> January, I fasted for 40 days. All my fat went, and then after one week, Joy. everything came back. I said, oh no, Lord, help me. How is this fat going to go off? No strife. So be a Christian with no strife hallelujah. Why fellowship? Number one, three benefits of fellowship. Number one, fellowship protects us from backsliding. When you're in fellowship, you don't backslide. When you don't see a brother or sister, you call and check up on them. Where are you, brother? Where have you been? Fellowship prevents us or protects us from backsliding. Number two, fellowship helps us to know each other better. So I say, oh, I don't want him to know my house. No, come on now. You can't live this life all by yourself. You can't live this Christian life all by yourself. Sometimes you need to invite a brother to your home and not gossip about the pastor, but have some nice lunch and talk about how we can win more souls for the kingdom. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't use your house as a gossip center for the church. Wow. Or a heaven house that I've started. You are using it to gossip about me. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go there now. Wow. We don't know where they are now. All those people. Please. God, oh, God, God, God. <laughs> Number three, fellowship produces the flow of the power of God among us. Fellowship produces the flow of the power of God among us. So, it's important for us to fellowship. Quickly, let's look at the results of fellowship. What happens when we fellowship? Acts chapter 2 from verse 42 to 47. Now, if you really want to know more about fellowship, look at the early church. Look at their way of living. Look at their style of worship. That's a true example of fellowship. And that's why they are the standard for us to learn from. Quickly, we're looking at the results of fellowship. Acts chapter 2 from verse 42 to 47. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together. I love this. They were not separated, they were what? They were together. And they had all things in common. So that means in the early church, because of fellowship, there was no lack among them. Verse 45. It says, and they sold their possessions and goods and patterned them to all men as every man had need. So In the early church, there was no need because the fellowship during that time was so powerful. So when you come to church and you see a brother in need, walking, wearing the same shoe every day, every Sunday, same shoe, you know that there is a need. You don't have to let him say, oh, I'm praying, asking God for a need for a shoe. What do you do? Go to the shop, buy him or her a pair of shoes. You have already answered their prayers that they pray to God through you. Amen. So in the early church, there was no need. And that's where I see this church. Amen. A church where there is no need. Yeah. Say a good amen to that. Amen. A church where there is no need, where every need is met. Amen. A church where there is no poor person in the church. A church where we are all blessed because when we understand the purpose of fellowship, we meet one another's need. Isn't it a joy? Sometimes I hear parents in this church go and leave their children with some members of the church. That's meeting one another's needs. Because if you're going to take your child to a carer or a nursery, An hour is about 20-something pounds. Yet, your job doesn't pay you 20-something pounds an hour. It doesn't add up. So, you look for someone in the church who can help you, who is home not working that day, who can help look after your children for you. So, they are meeting your needs. Are you seeing the power of the results of fellowship? Very important, very, very important. Verse 46, it says, and they continuing daily with one accord, I love that, in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. You see the purpose of house fellowship, breaking of bread, communion. Communion from where? House to house. House to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. So in other words, every time we come into the house of God, there is gladness and singleness of heart. Amen. Verse 47, look at what happened. Praising God, having favor with all their people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Amen. Say a good amen to that. Amen. Say a good amen to that. Amen. So when we are In fellowship, look at what happens. We are praising God. We have favor with all the people. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Daily. The addition to the church is daily because we are in fellowship. If you invite someone to church next week, they ought to come and meet you in the church. But when you invite someone to church and they come to church and they don't meet you, what example are you setting? So quickly as we get ready to close, let's look at few benefits of fellowship. Few benefits of fellowship. Number one, there are 10 of them, but let's see how many I can do with the 11 minutes that I have left. Number one is the fear of God. When we are in fellowship, we walk in the fear of God. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Listen, walking in the fear of the Lord is the greatest asset of every Christian, and it gives us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding over the affairs of life. When we walk in the fear of the Lord, it gives us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding over the affairs of life. And today I decree over you that you have this asset in your life. Say a good amen to that. Number two benefit is the release of signs and wonders. Number two benefit is the release of signs and wonders. Isaiah chapter eight verse 18. It says behold I and the children whom the Lord has given me. They are for signs and they are for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Amen. In other words, we become a family full of signs and wonders. Yeah. Say amen to that. Amen. These are some of the benefits of fellowship. When we are in fellowship, we we operate on a higher level of signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. And from today, it will be your portion. Amen. I said from today it will be a portion in the name of Jesus. Number three benefits of fellowship is the release of unity. The release of unity. Psalm 133 verse 1, it says that behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity listen the anointing and the power of God only flows where there is unity so don't allow Satan to bring disunity in the fellowship say amen to that the power of God flows where there is unity it says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? In unity. We are united. This is a united church. Amen. We are full of different nations, but we are united. Amen. We are even more than the united nations. Amen. This is a church full of the coat of many colors, but irrespective, of, irrespective of where we are coming from, we are united. Yeah. We have a common purpose. We have a common goal to reach the world for Jesus. The release of unity. And from today, that benefit will be passed on to you. In your marriage, there will be unity. In your family, there will be unity. In the name of Jesus. There are some marriages, no unity. No unity. They are doing their things individually. I go here, you go there. No unity, and the devil is sitting there laughing. Ha <laughs> ha! I got them where I want them. No, it shall not be so in your life. Amen. I said it shall not be so in your life. Amen. The devil will not manipulate you any longer. Amen. From today, you'll operate in unity. Yeah. From today, this church will operate in unity. Amen. I said we'll operate in unity. Amen will be at the highest level of unity. No devil can come between us in the name of Jesus. I've seen pastors come to this church, put flyers of their church there to draw members from this church. (laughs) Today, they are nowhere to be found. If you want church, go to the field. There's more fish in the sea. Go and get the fish yourself. Not after God has given us a fish, you want to come and take some portion of the fish. There's no church. There's no, they are nowhere to be found. It's like somebody is building their house and I'm building mine. I'm coming to take some blocks from your house to go and build mine. It doesn't work that way. God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. We are a united church. Can you not see the beauty? Can you not see the beauty of how united we are? No, nobody can come between us. What I say privately, I say publicly. My private life and my public life is one. The same with my wife. We are a man and woman of integrity. So nobody can come between us. Are you following what I'm saying? The same applies in the church. Have you noticed in this church we don't put pressure on anybody? Have you noticed? No pressure on anybody. When are you going to come to church? We don't call anybody. You see, when there is unity, people want to go. People want to belong to a united front. Have you noticed that in a house where a husband and wife, they're always fighting, the man doesn't want to come back home from work. He wants to stay, stay out very late. When the wife is sleeping, then he'll come. <laughs> Even that she's not sleeping, she's kept one eye open. <laughs> the moment he opens, he says, where, "Where, where have you been? Where have you been? Come on. Now. From today, son, not be so in your life. Yes. Number four, the release of plenty. Number four is the release of plenty. Joel chapter 2, verse 22 26, it says, You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Say amen to that. You see, when we're in unity, God releases plenty. Enough for everyone. There is no lack, there is no shame. We all eat in plenty. We are, not, we are not fighting over food and say, hey, give me this, give me that. No, no, no. There's plenty. So, we are disciplined. You see, we don't have a scarcity mindset. People with scarcity mindset, when they see food, they jump in, they rush in. But when we know there is plenty, you take your time. You're disciplined. You wait till it's your turn. I decree it in your life. That from today, you have plenty. I said, from today you have plenty. No more shame in your life. I said, no more shame in your life. Shame doesn't come from God. Shame comes from the devil. And from today, anything that has put you in shame is terminated. I said, anything that has put you into shame, it is terminated today. That sickness that is putting you into shame, it is terminated today. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. The spirit of poverty, lack and shame is broken and replaced by the spirit of plenty, satisfaction, praise, and abundance. Yes. See it to that. Yes. Number five, fellowship, benefits of fellowship is the release of generosity. The release of generosity. 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. The Bible says that and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Say amen to that. The days of lack and want are over. The days of decline, decline, decline are over. It's your season of generosity. It's your season of abundance in the name of Jesus. It says God is able to make all grace, not some grace, all grace abound towards who? Towards who? Do you know what it means to have all grace abound to you? In other words, you have God's riches at Christ's expense. You have, you have bottomless, bottomless uh, overdraft. Bottomless. You know what bottomless is? You know when you go to those 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 restaurants, there are some drinks that are called bottomless. You go, you pay for once and you drink as many times as you can. The days of your salary hitting red or blue or yellow or orange or green or whatever color are over. I said they are over. You are coming into a season from today where you have so much. And even to put in store. I heard on the, on, on the news just last week. It's someone earning 46,000 pounds a year. 46,000 pounds a year. Wait till I finish what I'm going to say. 46,000 pounds a year. After his expenses, he spent everything. After his expenses, he doesn't have 200 pounds to save. 46,000 pounds a year. And another person I heard, they said, Oh, I I work at the bank. I see people when if somebody loses their job today, they don't have money to pay their rent for tomorrow. It shall not be so in your life. I said, It shall not be so in your life. Say a good amen to that. From today, all grace will be abound to you, and you will always have all sufficiency. Say it's my season of all sufficiency. Say it properly. Say it like you mean it. Say it's my season, it's my season. Of, all of all sufficiency in all things. In all things. Hallelujah. When you go to the shop, you're not thinking, you're not going to check on your app. How much do I have before you buy? You spend as much as, oh glory, it's in God. Many years ago, I used to I used to have a lot of declines. (laughs) You know when when you are in a shop and there's a long queue behind you. There's a long queue, and you've bought a lot of things and then it's come, and then it's time to pay. Okay, you put in your card, and then the lady, unfortunately, the lady has a big mouth and she enters your details pee, 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 pee. and then there's a long queue behind you and says sir your card has been declined the whole shop hears it you feel like the end just opening and you go going in and say no it cannot be possible it's a lie <laughs> but there's nothing there there's nothing there You say it's a lie It's a try it again they try it again say no no it's not try it again everybody's waiting in line they are peeping they're looking what's happening here the devil is a liar the days of shame are over the days of shame are over I said the days of shame are over no more decline in the name of Jesus The release of generosity. The grace of God releases the spirit of all sufficiency in all things. And that causes us to make a mark that cannot be erased. I said it causes us to make a mark that cannot be erased. That's why this church is on TV four times a day. We are on the radio, radio stations across the world every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Five days in a week. Making a map that cannot be raised. Amen. We are not raising no offering, putting no pressure on nobody because this house is a house of generosity. Yeah. Yeah. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. We are not we are buying things every day. Every day. If I tell you what our budget is week by week, you, you'll be shocked. You say, Oh, but I only put two pounds in the offering. You'll be shocked. It's not your two pounds there's an open heaven of generosity over this house are you following what I'm saying it's not a church where somebody will chase you and say you haven't tithed this month your tithe praise God You don't tithe praise God the church of God is still moving on I said hallelujah and very soon will be on every available TV station very soon we'll be making marks that cannot be erased. Amen. I said that cannot be erased amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number six, the release of one accord. Let me rush through it quickly. Number six is the release of one accord. Genesis chapter 11 verse 6. It says, and the Lord said, behold, the people, the Solution Chapel International is one. Yeah. Say amen to that. Amen. It said, Behold, the church is one, the people is one, and they all have one language. When we are one, how many languages do we have? Wow. One language. We are different nationalities. We have over 54 nationalities in this church. Yet with all the nationalities, we have got one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Say a good amen to that. Amen. From today, whatever we imagine to do, it shall be done. Amen. I said from today, whatever we imagine to do, it shall be done. Amen. We will buy that property cash down. Yeah. I said we'll buy that property cash down debt free in the name of Jesus. We have never done anything in this church on credit before no never. debt. never. We don't have an overdraft, never. <laughs> we don't need it. We have a heavenly overdraft. Have yeah. you follow what I'm saying? When a church gets into the spiritual zone of one accord, and one language, nothing, capital letters, nothing can stop them from doing what they have decided to do. And from today, nothing will stop you from doing what you have decided to do. Number seven, the release of gladness and joy. I love this one. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 11. It says, therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Zion. Zion represents the church and come unto singing and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. Say amen to that. Not a short joy, everlasting joy, everlasting joy shall be where shall be upon their head and they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. From today, depression flees from your life. From today, sorrow goes far away from your life. From today, all you will experience is an everlasting joy upon your head. In the name of Jesus, from today, I decree over you that you will obtain gladness and joy. I say gladness and joy. No more mourning, no more crying, no more weeping, no more sorrow. It's a season of gladness and joy. Do we have some joyous people in this house? Come on, let's celebrate the goodness of the Lord. The spirit of joy and gladness cast out the spirit of sorrow and depression. Number eight, benefit of fellowship is the release of answered prayers. John chapter 15 verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Say amen to that. Amen. Jesus is talking about soul winning. He said, every time you win a soul and you ask anything in his name, he will do it. And that shall be your portion from today. Amen. The joy of every believer is to have their prayers answered by God. But our prayers, for, for, for our answers to our prayers to be to be a reality, we have to be soul winners. Amen. Number nine, the, the, the number nine, the ninth benefit of fellowship is the release of favor. Say amen to that. The release of favor. Exodus chapter 3 verse 21. The Bible says that, and I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians and it shall come to pass that when they go, they shall not go empty. Say amen. amen. The days of empty are over. The days of empty house, empty fridge, empty car, empty, no petrol, empty, empty, petrol, empty, red light, empty. They are over. Say a good event to that. And cars are such a way that when your petrol is, their tank is empty, they'll stop where there's traffic lights. They'll stop at the wrong places and then you see in England carrying the green gallon it's over Amen. I said it's over Amen. you have plenty to the overflow Amen. God said I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians solution I decree over you today the favor of the Lord is coming upon you and from today you will have favor in this land you have favor in the UK you have favor in the US you have favor in Europe you have favor everywhere you go in the name of Jesus the favor of God will give you in a day what others work for years I'm telling you there's favor in this church there's favor in this church coming Sunday somebody is going to testify of favor Somebody is going to testify a favor. Amen. Somebody say, I didn't deserve it, but they gave it to me anyway. Amen. I didn't deserve it, but they gave it to me anyway. Sad favor. Amen. The last but not the least benefit of fellowship is the release of church growth. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. The release of church growth. Amen. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 the Bible says that then they that gladly receive his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Amen. Say a good amen to that. Solution we have seen the season where God is adding 3,000 on a daily basis. We have entered into a new zone where God is adding millions to his house on a daily basis say amen to that amen. say a good amen to amen. that and from today you will experience that grace grace of enlargement grace of expansion grace of growth upon growth in the name of Jesus from today you will do little and God will give you much you will do little and God will give you much in the name of Jesus did you receive it today? Did you receive it today? Give Jesus some grace. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There is power in fellowship. That's why we must never miss
0: fellowship. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do come and have an encounter with the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH 10 8DS or call 1293 885000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org. So Lucian Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.